We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hi, this is MJ, and this is A Spooky Tales, the podcast for everything is spooky with a focus on Latin America. Today, there is no Christina because she suddenly had uh, an emergency, and she's very sorry, and we're all a little bit sad because we miss Christina. <laughs> but we do have an amazing guest today, Miguel Martinez. He's a screenwriter slash producer, co-creator of the comic book Quetzalcoatl. Did I say that right? Yes. And he's got a new amazing project, plus a scary story or two to share with us today. Say hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. Um, I am a screenwriter living in L.A. I make movies, tell stories. Um, so, yeah, recently the story that I've been uh, trying to champion is uh, La Chusa. So um, we have a Kickstarter for a proof of concept short film. And we've just been spreading that around for a while. We have like 10 days to go as of recording this right now. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but uh, we have like 10 days to go. Uh, and it's been a crazy journey. It's been nuts. I can imagine. I'm so excited because Lechusa stories are one of my favorite. Like they scare the living daylights out of me, especially if um, as Spooky Tales listeners know. There's always an owl that's perched outside my bedroom window in a tree, like oh, always no. since I moved to the area. <laughs> and um, I like it, it's come to the point where it's like if I don't if I don't hear the little owl, I'm like, are you OK? Did a cat get you? Are you fine? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel concerned. <laughs> um, but I love those kind of stories. They're my favorite. But before we dive into Miguel's story. And his new Kickstarter for the Lechusa short horror film. Let's share a listener's story. So if you have a story you want us to read on the podcast, please email us at espookytales at gmail.com. Or you can call the Espooky hotline and leave it in a voicemail. Call 360-836-4486. And we will play it on an episode. One more option to submit it on Discord. We have a channel called Submit Your Scary Stories. There are options, and we love reading them. So, okay, so here is the listener's story. I hope you're doing well. Joey here from Please Don't Follow Me Home. I have to tell you about an odd experience that just happened to my sister and I. We just spent a night at the Paso Robles Inn so that we can do an episode on the Paso Robles Inn. We were investigating the courtyard where it is said that the ghost of a lady who was kept as a mistress in the hotel tends to walk. We were sitting outside in some chairs doing some EVP sessions to try and see if we could get any voices. At one point in our EVP sessions, there was a whistle that was not heard by our own ears, but loud on our recorder. A few minutes later, we heard a very strange growl on our recorder. Earlier this week, I saw a post on Facebook about how a lot of Native tribes believe that whistling at night attracts bad things. Thinking back to these EVPs we just captured, I started doing research and the first thing on the list was La Lechuza. I just listened to your episode about La Lechuza and I went back to listen to it again and take notes. While we did not see a physical owl, I do think it's a little weird that this whistle came at night on our recorder and that we did not hear it with our own ears. We were also seeking out a lady who 
legend goes, was done wrong by a man keeping her as a mistress at the hotel. Then a few minutes later, we had an EVP of a strange growl or animalistic noise. Our next episode after Paso Robles Inn is going to be called Don't Whistle at Night. We are going to dive into the superstition of not whistling at night and talking more about the EVPs that we capture while at the Paso Robles Inn. Thanks for reading this far. I thought this was interesting and wanted to share it with you folks. I am loving a spooky side note. Okay, so so side note, this is a side note from Christina. And she says, this is Christina. I actually haven't listened to their podcast, but this sounds very interesting. I think she hasn't listened to this episode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, Miguel, uh, please tell us about your spooky stories and your work, whichever one you want to do first. Um, I'm so excited to hear about it. Like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that, story was crazy. Yeah. So the spooky stories, I guess, and the work kind of go together. Um, so when when I was growing up, I would hear all these stories that my, my dad would tell us. So my dad grew up uh, in a ranch in Mexico, and he would consistently have just a bunch of stories and a bunch of uh, things to tell me. And one of the ones that really stuck to me was uh, he would tell me about seeing Lala Chusef. Mm-hmm. And he would talk to me about... Uh, about him being in his bedroom and hearing this really weird whistle outside and being like, oh, and just being really scared, but really curious about it. And so like he, he went out his window and he, he stuck his head out the window and he heard it again. And he like climbed out his window and he was outside and he saw like this giant, giant uh, owl, like hopping in between branches. Oh my God. And he followed it. Uh, and he, he told me he followed it like an idiot. So he, he followed it. <laughs> And then he uh, he got close enough to it to be able to see like the the moonlight shine on his face, and mm-hmm. it had wrinkles on it, like a like an oh. old woman. Had like you no. And he was <laughs> like he freaked out, and then like uh, his dad ran out with a shotgun and shot it, and it just like flew away. Oh. And then and then like his then his dad told him the stories and everything, but his dad had seen it, and like it's a, it's like a big thing. And so that's like the first time my, my dad learned about it. That's the first time I learned about it. And it's it's sort of stuck with me this whole time. That that image and that story and that, all that mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then so now that I'm older, I was working on this on this uh feature that I'm that I was writing. Uh, that was essentially just like the craft. It was just a uh an emotional, a more emotional version with the craft. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it, I finished it, uh, something was missing, and then I, I, I had friends read it and stuff, and somebody gave me the note, I forgot who it was, but somebody gave me the note of, like, this is too, um, this is too vanilla, like, it's too, it's too witchcraft, and you don't do witchcraft, so you, it feels like it's, uh, like, it's a stretch for you. And I was like, yeah, um, and then he, and then he was like, well, you, why don't you try brujeria? Because you're, you're into that, and your family's into that, you know that. And then it just sort of clicked that oh it it needs um, it needs to be less white I think is what the story needs to be, <laughs> and so I was like oh, okay so then I I just rewrote it and taking like tenets of brujeria taking tenets of like because mm-hmm. you know like brujeria evolved while like it latched on to like Catholicism to like survive yes yeah to like survive uh, colonization and so like it was just sort of that. So I like did more research on that, and then I realized that the 
sort of antagonist of this whole thing needed to be the la 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 like a different like a version mm-hmm. of la, of that of that of that myth and so i uh i did more research on that and i figured i found out like different versions of it i found the version of it that i really liked and then we i i wrote the feature for this and then uh when i got some producers on board they uh they were like okay let's turn this into a short and then like a proof of concept short and then we could try to raise money that way i love that so but mostly because i was really into not doing this guerrilla style because i've done films for like no money and i've done films mm-hmm. where nobody gets paid uh but i really wanted to pay everyone like what they're worth you know yeah and it's it's also important to like put latine and you yeah. know people of color writing our own stories because um we always, me and Christina always talk smack about the American version of La Llorona and how bad the movie was. I haven't watched it yet, <laughs> but she she's watched it and she was like, no, no. And it goes with people taking the stories from our culture and people who are not from the culture who don't understand, who who like who may like the stories, but they don't understand the the cultural ties we have to it. And then they write this story and it's like, what are you doing? So it's amazing to have somebody who, you know, who knows what they're talking about, who's part of the culture and and telling a story that's so beloved by many, because I, you know, I they scare me. Honestly, I think if I was walking at night and I saw Lechusa, I'd die right there. Like my my soul (laughs) would leave my body and be like, you know what? You're being cursed. Not me. Bye. Um, (laughs) But like. I love hearing stories of people who have encounters. I don't know why. Yeah, well, I've been in a, and <laughs> you, you haven't seen the the the, eight, the fucking the what is it the La, the Llorona movie, the new one. Uh, but no. like, like Linda Cardellini is Italian. <laughs> oh my god! So like, like everyone's just Italian in that movie. But uh, it's 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 strange. And I I remember talking about this, and I think that's like where the Lachusa movie stemmed from. I remember talking to my wife about this and everything, uh, about like, about how, um, I don't think, I don't think people understand that like, that La Llorona is, is, is actually just um, like female rage. And yeah, so it's really and then, difficult. Like, people don't understand that. Yeah, it's really difficult and... to do that if you're not Mexican, but also if you're a man. Like, I think the movie needs to be directed by a Latina or, or somebody Somebody who understands that rage. Yeah, because like, um, I was like, uh, this goes really well with like, um, She-Hulk. When people are like, I'm always angry. Like, we're always angry. POC are always angry. We just have to keep ourselves, and women, POC and women are always angry because we deal with a lot of, a lot of stuff and we have to keep ourselves in check because if not, we're seen as the crazy woman or like we get stereotyped with um poc stereotypes if we don't behave i i even though we are behaving but you know what i mean like socially acceptable behavior um we we're supposed to take people's jabs at us we're supposed to like if somebody disrespects us we're supposed to take it and be the bigger person and stuff and like be quiet and then you have people that don't know a certain experience right POC stories and and cultural POC stories and it's like what are you doing and it's the execution is terrible too like let's be real <laughs> um so it's exciting to have somebody you know um who is part of the culture 
right because you you know you know the stories they're part of our they're part of our childhood they're part of our culture and yeah i think it's really important um so i hope you reach your goal because what you're doing is important thank you uh if if you want to see a good light on a movie there's one on shutter that released like in 2022 yeah is it the one the guatemala one yes i believe yes i love that one that you know which the hair scene the hair scene with the fan oh my god oh you know which i'm talking about I was like, oh, my God, I am like in awe. I am mesmerized. That was such a beautiful scene. She's it's so perfect. beautiful. And she's she uh, the actress, the leading actress or the person who plays La Llorona in that film is um, Namor's mother. Oh, in, yeah. Yeah. In Black Panther. So. Yeah. I, I remember in the theater, like leaning over being like, is that is that La Llorona? yeah that's her um i wish she would have had a bigger role but like i understand she she got the the mother of the queen role which is a big role but like i i love her as an actress she's so great um and yeah i love like lechusa stories um and a lot of people just think it's like they they interpret it through western culture it's like no um Growing up, my grandma used to tell me stories of La Lechusa, of Lechusas, because she's had encounters with her where it's like these owls, they're talking and they're talking in human voices. But then they also, she also had stories about when she would see La Lechusas turn into like fireballs and roam the hills. And that's, uh, that's also part of like a, a lot of people here, maybe in like the States or in Western culture. And I mean, Western culture, I mean like, English Western culture, because in a way, like some Latin Americans are like Western culture, but it's more like it's different. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but like English West Western culture kind of like, oh, it's a UFO or something. And then in our culture, it's like, no, see that light. Yeah, that's a witch. <laughs> and then she turned into a fireball and now she's roaming the hills. Yeah, that's a witch. That's not that's not aliens. <laughs> um, but uh, I love those stories. I think they're so important and. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're cautionary tales because sometimes I hear people tell them and I'm like, I don't know if that's cautionary or if that's real. Yeah. But either way. Yeah, I, I think I'm not. I think especially <laughs> like the especially like indigenous or like Mexican uh, tales that they're like they're meant to to like lure to to tell children to not do something to scare them away. Like, oh, don't play next to a a, a running river at night. And mm-hmm. so they created this monster that like. This woman that like grabs you and drowns you, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was talking, uh, I was talking earlier in when I was talking about the Chusa promotion and stuff. I was talking about how I never understood what um, the Chupacabra was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I never understood what that tale was supposed to be. And then I, I, I put together this this idea of like, I think the Chupacabra is about isolation because it could be, yeah, because um, because you know how like uh, a lot of a lot of pueblos in Mexico they used to be a lot more isolated than they are now. And they used that to grow true. around the farm. And so if you mm-hmm. take away like the resources of the farm, the Pueblo dies. That is true because you see it a lot. A lot of Pueblitos now in Latin America, you know, as people move up North and to the United States and, and, you know, um, you see a lot of them end up being abandoned, uh, whether it is to move to more populated cities where jobs are easier to find, where people are able to get more money or they they immigrate to different countries. Um, You 
see a lot of abandoned towns. Like uh, the town my grandma's from, you know, for many years, up to like 10 years, it was populated. Now it's a ghost town. Nobody, I think one person lives in the town. That's it. Yeah, it's so weird. And I could, not me though, because there's like stories of like uh, lechuzas and like Yorona and like UFOs there. And I'd be like, I don't know if I want to be the only person in that town. Kudos to that person, but could not be me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I do love, uh, as I said, like uh, stories of brujas. Um, But sometimes I'm like, you know what, whether they're real or not, I'm not going to find out. (laughs) Like, tell me the stories and tell me your encounters, but I'm not going to go out of my way to search for them. I'm too scared. Just in case. (laughs) <laughs> Just in case. You never know. You know, I don't want to be like the person who's like, sh- she fucked around and found out. <laughs> That's like somebody else, somebody else's job, not mine. <laughs> uh, well, what's the closest you've come to to having your own experience that's like, without a doubt, that you... you oh, without yeah, a doubt? Yeah, without a doubt. Oh, for, with, with like anything paranormal? Sure. Okay, so I see shadow people and my entire family see shadow people and it's... It's con- it's been constant since I was like in high school. And at first I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just crazy. I have something going on like I need to see a therapist. <laughs> but then like me and my family were like gathering together and it was multiple people witnessing the same thing and I was like, "Huh, maybe I'm not crazy." Which makes it scarier yeah. because yeah. you know, you could always like dismiss it like, "You know what? Whatever, you're not real. You're all in my head." But then if other people are seeing it, it was like, well, this is real. It's not in my head. What the hell is it? Why am I seeing it? And I have one. I don't know if I told this on a spooky tales or not. I, I want to say that I did, but um, I know I told Christina and I'm going to retell it again anyways. Um, but I sleep next to my closet and like my closet is like the sliding door two two door sliding door closet. So it's pretty, it's pretty wide. And Um, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I'm looking up at the ceiling and there's this like person that's hanging from my ceiling. Except it's all black. It's a shadow person. And there's no noise. There's no noise coming from this thing. But it's like contorting and like twitching. And, you know, if like there was sound, it would be like cartilage. Yeah. You know, but there was no sound. And it was just like so weird. But. I just went back to sleep. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just weird like that. I don't know if it's like something where it's like, just go back to sleep. It's the Sandman, you know, but that I see them often. My kids see them often. Um, and I've seen them with my mother. I've seen them with my children and we, we all watch them at the same time. Um, and they are more prominent during the fall season, like fall mm, and winter. Okay. And then I don't really see them during spring and summer. Um, but yeah, that's it. The shadow people. And they move really fast. And they like to. Cr- some of them like to crawl on the floor. And some of them are the height of children. Some of them are not. And it's weird. Some of them are also blobs. Like black blobs. Or like smoky. It's weird. But that's, the, that's like the constant paranormal thing in my life. <laughs> the, like, the, 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 have you ever been like afraid of it? Because it sounds like you're not. 
Uh, no, they don't. I mean, I've been... They, like, startle me sometimes, like, when you don't expect to see them, right? But that's, like, with anything. I mean, I've been startled by my family members and my kids when they, like, round the corner. You're like, I wasn't expecting to see you. But, like, no, they don't They don't scare me. Like, they've never done anything. And I've been living it with it for, like, 15, almost 20 years. They don't do anything. I feel like they're just watching you. I know some people think that they're, like, guardian angels or people who are just you know, they're to warn you or to watch over you or something, but they don't, I've, I haven't had a physical encounter. So it's been years. I just think they're just kind of like, what are you? They're just as curious as of me as I am of them type thing. Mm, I don't yeah, know. I get that. But they haven't done anything. They are kind of annoying sometimes. like it's like really today of all days but i guess i gotta thank them though because they make spooky season extra spooky that's true (laughs) Mm -hmm. really gets gets into the the holiday feels (laughs) (laughs) now i do have a couple of questions about the movie sure Okay, so these are from Christina. It says, I notice with the work you do, like Quetzalcoatl and Lechusa, it's focused on Latin American folklore myths, and I love it. Why Latin American stories? Uh, sure. Um, I remember when I, when I started uh, working on Quetzalcoatl, uh, mm-hmm. it was something where uh, I didn't realize that the, that the door to the story opened so wide. So mm. I I uh, I remember starting my research and I remember uh, with my co-writer and I remember like messaging each other back and forth for like days, just like finding these like little stories in uh, Mesoamerican, Aztec, Mayans mythology, mm-hmm. and then like texting it to each other and then messaging pictures and stuff. And it's like it's as vast, if not bigger, than like Greek mythology. Oh and yeah. I remember being so upset that I, I didn't know about this and that they didn't teach this in school. And, like, I grew up in South Texas. Like, oh. I, I grew up mostly in South Texas, uh, some in New York. Uh, but I, 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 was never, I was never aware of any of this. Mm-hmm. And I, we were just so upset. And we were like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. And, I like, I don't know if actually we've said this anywhere. So, uh, but uh, the first volume of Quetzalcoatl is, is just, a, like, an origin story. But mm-hmm. for every subsequent story that we're going to do, we're like adapting or presenting like a sequel or something to a story in the mythology. I love that. So like, 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 uh, like, have you heard the story of Chichen Itza? Like, I'm pretty sure people have, but I don't know yeah. who has and who hasn't. A little, a little bit. I'm not like super, I'm like, I'm at the point kind of where like, I, I'm like you, where I didn't grow up with this knowledge. Like yeah. I had to take a... Uh, a Mexican history class in college to even know, like, just scratch the surface of Mexican ancient culture, you know, you know, civilizations, the Olmecs and all that stuff. But I, it's, I've barely scratched the surface. I mean, that's kind of the reason why Christina and I even joined together to bring, to talk about a spooky tales, because we were like, we're tired of hearing the same three stories, which they're great. Don't get me wrong. I love a Duende story. Everybody who knows me knows I am terrified of them. I love listening to their stuff because I love getting scared, but it's kind of repetitive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even good stuff, if it's too much, it's 
it becomes boring. And this is kind of like the reason because we we didn't grow up hearing so many stories. And now that we've had the the podcast, we learned that, wow, Latin America is so rich in culture. I mean, we already knew that, but we didn't know the like the expansion of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's nuts. The, 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 and they have stories like explaining uh, mountain ranges. Like the story mm-hmm. Chichi Itza is, is about a mountain range where the mountain looks like it's two mountains that look like they're like hugging each other. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like the story of like this Mayan warrior or yeah, the mm-hmm. story of this Mayan warrior and uh, Montezuma and Montezuma sent him away while he was in love and like lied about uh, about him being dead. And then his his love uh, killed herself and he came back and found her dead and he takes her up the mountain and he like prays he like begs the gods to like either kill him or like get, bring her back or put them together and the gods turn them into a mountain range like an immortal sort of mountain range yeah and it's crazy and so we we like want to like spotlight those crazy stories that sound like something from greek mythology but like a little cooler like a little more yeah, I, I'm going to say, yeah, I don't it, know. it is cooler because, like, Greek mythology is low-key a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, the stories, you're like, oh, the gods are, like, toxic. <laughs> I mean, not to say, like, the other gods, you know, maybe our uh, ancestors, you know, religion wasn't that much better, but holy shit. <laughs> it's and, nuts. like, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of nuts. It's like, is, who didn't Zeus get pregnant? You know, it's like, you know, they make the memes who um, uh, everybody like women's, you know, uh, path in life is either to date Pete Davidson or to like have a baby by Nick Cannon. And then like back then it was like you're either going to become, you know, a devotee or like get pregnant by by Zeus or something (laughs) (laughs) because he like literally got everybody pregnant, (laughs) everybody. (laughs) And it's like you're this is a hot mess. How many children do you have? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like to, 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 to answer your question, uh, yeah, it was. It's mostly just to to put a spotlight, but also just because I find all that stuff really interesting and it ne- and it feels new and it feels fresh and like yeah, it really does. But it also feels like it's been here forever, and so that's like the kind of like intersection I like. Um, mm-hmm. And like 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 the the stories are all pretty pretty personal to me. Like uh, like the intro to Quetzalcoatl is very much about losing my grandmother. And um, and the this the whole the whole point of uh, of Latista is very much um, sort of the the conflict that comes in family when you lose like a matriarch, mm, and so it's it's sort of like like that. It's sort of like um, what do people fight over and what do people like? What are they upset about and like how how usually people say like oh like funerals bring people together and now they don't. Oh, I've no, never, no, I've no, never no, seen no. someone, someone's death bring other people together. That's insane. <laughs> it, it, it can really tear, like when matriarchs die, it can really tear the family apart. Um, because I, you know, I personal experience from, you know, recent passing, it has broken the family apart. Um, and it's, I, I don't know, maybe it's like they're lying to us or something like, you know, maybe to be hopeful of when things happen, but no, it's oftentimes it's the matriarch or, you know, the, the, the eldest relative that really keep the family together. And when they're not there, the children often disperse and they don't talk anymore. It's so sad. 
And it brings up so much hard feelings, especially um, between siblings and stuff. And it's, yeah. Um, But my condolences to to you. um, Losing a grandparent sucks so much. Yeah. Grandparents are so important. Yeah. And like uh, after my grandparent, I think my mom tried to like, like keep everyone together and then my mom passed away and so like that, that oh, that's no. usually what I'm, what I'm so uh, sorry. that's sort of what uh what latrice is about that, that idea of uh for a while i didn't really deal with it the right way and then i figured out that oh like if you don't deal with it the right way you end up hurting the people around you and so uh this is a sort of like the the story of latrice is sort of showing this is what happens when you don't deal with it the right way and here's here's what happens when you do deal with it the right way you sort of have to like you sort of have to backtrack yeah it's it's really cathartic and i i really liked it i've i but it's also really crazy and fun so i've described it as a hereditary meets the evil dead i love that though because like um it's it's the human experience with lore i love that those are the best type of stories out of all the legends and myths you could write a short horror film about, you chose the Lechusa. Why the Lechusa? Uh, it was it was something I was familiar with, but also um, uh, I, I like the idea of creating, uh, not creating, but having like a, a say in like how this will be presented to people who have no idea what it is. So if you Google mm-hmm. Lechusa, that you don't you don't have very many images. You have very mm-hmm. much like a drawing or two, uh, a bunch of pictures of owls, which is I think just lost in translation. I get a little bit because mm-hmm. they they're not really owls, but um, you have like a, and then you have like uh, I guess this is a good like segue to tell this story. Then you have this one image that pops up in all these YouTube videos about the Chusets, and it's a thumbnail, and it's it's just an image of like something that's very clearly a mask. And I oh, and it kept yeah. popping up, and I was like, "What is this?" Like after the fifteenth time of seeing it, I'm like, "What is this? Where do where, where does this belong? What what's going on?" And I mm-hmm. like spent like a whole twenty four hours tracking down where this image came from that everyone seems to be stealing, and I tracked it down to a deviant art image, but at the, but the deviant was closed for like it's been closed for like ten years or something. Wow! And I was like, okay. Um, who is this? Who is this person? Uh, I found like a signature that I I tracked down or something. It was crazy. I, f- I found like a, a Twitter that he didn't use anymore. And it was like, I found the image there. And then I was able to find something else. I don't know how I landed here, but I landed on his IMDb page. The, this guy that made this, this mask for his college project like 10 years ago is now a special effects artist on Fear the Walking Dead. Wow. And he, he made the mask basically like, hey, this is this is a Lechusa mask. And people were asking him, what's Lechusa? And he would talk about it. And so I managed to like get like his contact info and I messaged him. And I was like, hey, I want to make this movie. Here's like the script. Here's like, uh, here's like a summary of what the, what the movie is. Um, do you still make this mask? And do you, would you make me one? And he was like, how the hell did you find me? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> But he was really excited because he loves the story. And so he's like, he was like, hey, I don't make this anymore, but I'll make it for you if you can wait for me. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on Fear of the Walking Dead, but when I'm done, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll make it. And so he, uh, he, 
he uh, basically just charged me, I think, for materials. That's how cheap I think it was. And so, <gasps> and then he, that. so he's working on the mask. But essentially, uh, we have this whole sort of design on how we want to present Let's Use That because we feel that uh, it, it's not, you, you can't really find a, a visual manifestation in any, like, mm -hmm. in any whole way. And so we wanted to really be a part of, like, creating something creating a way to see let's like use that like a, a new solidified way image yeah like a solidified image that if you google yeah. it you would find it and you'd know exactly what it was and so uh, if you go on the kickstarter uh the, there is there's a bunch of images of the mask and it's an old woman it's an old owl woman mask i don't know how to explain it it is better than mm -hmm. anything i could have ever imagined i love that and and you know what now that you're saying that i never realized how much like there's not a physical visual visualization of La Lechuza. Like when I think about it, I think of like images I have conjured up with my imagination. Yeah, exactly. It's never been something like solidified something in, you know, that takes up physical space. I just noticed that that is so weird because, you know, like when it comes to other stories like La Llorona, lots of people cosplay it his cosplay I think whatever like they dress up as it and then they do artist renditions of it but yeah. you don't really see a, a lechusa aside from like an owl image but that's that's an owl um, yeah and, uh, I, know, I just noticed that that's weird <laughs> um I, we were trying to get uh, an artist to like make the little thumbnail for the kickstarter right mm -hmm. this is before mm -hmm. we had the mask so mm -hmm. we, the Kickstarter image existed before the mask came into play. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why it doesn't look like the mask. But uh, oh. I remember going into, uh, I was like, okay, I, I, I need to describe it to this person. They don't really know what I'm saying. Uh, let me try to use like AI because this is a new thing, right? Let me try to use AI yeah. and then send them a bunch of AI images. But AI had no clue what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, because AI <laughs> what gathers everything from the internet. Yeah, so. AI was like, I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. And uh, I was like owl woman, and it, it was like um, <laughs> um, I it would have like a face of an owl, and then like just like uh, it was just weird, and I was like, that's not it. That and is the, weird. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like we don't know what we're doing, <laughs> um, but that also goes like back to what we said earlier that a lot of our stories, um, they're not really focused on, and it goes back to that you know Latin America has so much rich culture, and we're often like ignored. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, come on, who hasn't, like, you know, there, why isn't there, like, artwork to represent our stories? Especially, because I just, I am just noticing this. Like, that was, like, my mind was blown right now that <laughs> there really hasn't been artwork done for La Lechusa, and most people just put an owl. Yeah, and, like, I, I feel like especially, like, um, I've been going to a lot of horror conventions now. Mm -hmm. recently and and there's like lay it on a seven horror conventions but uh honestly and not not to like get into this whole thing but uh well, why is light on so whitewashed recently and yes, I, I don't know if it's yes. i don't know if, it, if it's because it's supernatural because the pilot of supernatural is a light on a story but it's mm -hmm. they changed it to woman in white and it and she yeah, doesn't speak spanish and it's not it has nothing to do with, with spanish anything yeah uh but which it's weird <laughs> it is weird. It is weird. Now there is what uh, I think what are what they're called is washerwoman stories, but yeah. washerwoman stories are different from La Llorona. Like La Llorona, the lore, the, the from what we found, the OG lore is it's an indigenous woman. Yeah. 
And that also plays into La Llorona because, you know, they, they often vilify indigenous people as not good people. Hence La Llorona, you know, they want to, I mean, she's indigenous and she's a woman. Those are already two things that, that, um, you know, unfortunately the, the colorism and the racism in Latin America love to vilify. So, um, those two things are very important to La Llorona. Yeah, She's like, indigenous. I was so ex- I remember being so excited for the 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 movie, the, the not the Guatemala movie, but the other movie, mm-hmm. because I was like, I was like, oh, could you imagine a movie that's that's about uh, where where like you feel sorry for La Llorona? There's like a movie where you're like, oh, yeah. this is the victim who's just angry, and then mm-hmm. like you sort of start rooting for this anger to like happen, this like revenge yeah. story. But the, like, like that something like that doesn't exist, or at least it doesn't exist with yeah. a good execution. Um, yes, that's that's true. So yeah, that's 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 a yeah. I'm, I want I want somebody to do that. You're that somebody. Yeah, I want to I want to produce it. I think You're I'd, that somebody. I think I'd be able. To, I think I'd be able to produce it. Like it's like what I said yeah. earlier. Like I think it's very very distinctly a, like a woman's voice needs to be at, like coming out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd love to produce it and like help get it made oh you can do that for sure and we would 100 percent support um because like with with that being said like i um the story that i grew up on of la llorona was a little bit different than most people and maybe that was just like my mom just changing it for me but either way <laughs> thanks mom because i love like i love the version that i grew up with and basically in my version la llorona leaves her kids at home and there's like these soldiers that come through her little town and while she's at like the market she comes back home to find that the um the her children were killed by these soldiers and again, that whole connotation that she's like indigenous, right? And her children are therefore indigenous. And maybe these like soldiers wanted to kill them off for that reason, right? Or to steal food from them, whatever the the case is. It's not her who does the killing. Um, she comes home to her children dead. And in her sorrow, she then kills herself. But because, you know, like in Catholicism, suicide is is like deemed a huge sin. So she, her punishment because she killed herself is to roam. And also in a, in a way like to get revenge is to roam the earth looking for her children. And so I like the, the story where it's not her who like, not her who is the villain, but her who's like, kind of like that, like you said, the female rage and her like a good for her thing and um i think one time me and chris yeah good for her like she's going after the people who 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 hurt her and hurt her family and i think one time me and christina were saying that how cool would it be if in the story she goes after the people that the or the lineage and the bloodline of the people who who hurt her children because why is she villain villain yeah i've I've heard i've heard sort of that version of it too Mm -hmm. so yeah i i think i think something like that would work yeah, because, like, again, we go back to, like, people changing it. She's just evil just because she's a woman or indigenous. But, yes, it's very whitewashed. And I, and I, I the United States is very good at that. And, and they also aren't even true to the story because I think they, they mixed 
in, in the movie La Llorona with another Brazilian lore of something similar. But it, it's... I, I, doesn't she come out of the toilet at one point, I want to say? Uh, don't in the if movie. I remember if if that was in the movie I must have blocked it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was or like something about like the pipes or something. With I, I, I want to say, yeah, the bathtub. And I think I because I never watched the movie, but um, I was reading someone critique it, and then people were like, "This is not even La Llorona lore. This is lore from another woman female entity from Brazil." And I was like, so now they're just mixing shit up in here. They're not even. What are they doing? Culture, well, culture vultures. They're gonna take, yeah, and then ruin everything with their spa water. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think we kind of covered this, but what was the inspiration behind this project and behind all, all your work? So we pretty much a little bit covered that. Yeah. Um, but there's, is there anything you want to add? Well, like, a, a big inspiration is, like, trying to, like, something we haven't talked about is trying to, like, put in, uh, act, like, like actors or who are Mexican or Mexican-Americans or indigenous actors and, uh, and put them in, like, important roles in the films. I love that. So, like, the, that, that's also, that's also a, like, a big, a big deal for us. And, like, um, like in, in La Chusa, it's about, it's about sisters and one of the sisters is is disabled and uh, i want to mm-hmm. we wanted to put that because because the story sort of is about my mother my mother was disabled for like most of my life mm. and um she well like the, the the whole idea is how uh my mom had a conversation with me once how like she doesn't feel in control of her life and now she like physically isn't in control of her life because she needs help getting places and so it's like this it's like this this really really tactile metaphor and so I wanted to put that on the film because I've never seen it like that on film. And then I wanted to sort of like in the feature, not the short, because the short's too short for this, mm-hmm. but in the feature sort of elaborate on it and then move past it. Like introduce the idea of of like you do like you gaining control of your life, like in, in that way. And th- it doesn't mean getting over a disability. It just means sort of existing with it and like pushing yourself forward like mentally. Yeah, and and it's really hard as a person with disability myself. Um, that feeling that you're not in control, and that feeling of not being able to be fully depend, like independent, is something that abled people will never understand. Like I have epilepsy. I Me can't... too. No way. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to talk about not being able to drive anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't drive. Um and then like um I I have to have like someone around like not not all the time, but it is best to have someone around me all the time because even when I'm walking, like if I'm crossing the street, there's times when I'm, I cross the street and I'm like, oh my God, I just had a, a seizure because I have uh, absence seizures. So I, I kind of like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't convulse. I just space out. Right. And then I'm like, I just crossed that street and I do not remember crossing that street. What the hell just, I could have died. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, and it's, I'm at the point where um, I have had, I'm stressed out and then I have seizures and then it becomes a cycle, you know, and it's like, I can't do anything. And it's, it's so and like frustrating because like my husband has to drive me everywhere 
Like on his days off, he doesn't really get a day off because I have doctor's appointments and um, I can't take my kids to their doctor. So again, his days off are doctor's appointments. And it's it's it becomes frustrating that you can't you can't be independent like everybody else. Yeah. I mean, you you get it. You get it. Yeah. It's 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 so frustrating. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh... It's it's something that I think deserves n- not even just like representation. It just kind of deserves to be in the conversation sometimes, you know? Yeah. And then it's, like yeah. a lot of people like too are unaware that there's so many different types of like epilepsy. Um, some of them come from brain trauma. Others do not. Uh, so same with seizures. Not all seizures are the same. I blank out. Some people convulse. We're all different. And then, like, I hate the ignorant comments that I get. Like, oh, do you convulse? Do you fall on the floor? I'm like, there's there's different kinds. And I feel yeah, like you're kind of, like, mocking Yeah, and there's different kinds right of, like, now. convulsing. It's really weird because I, yes. I, I, I convulse, but I also, like, uh, I remember, because I haven't had a full-blown convulsing seizure in, like, uh, mm-hmm. years. But mm-hmm. uh, I had these, like, little things, and I, I would talk to my neurologist, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a seizure. It's you. Like, you're having both. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, there's so many different kinds and they're not all for the same reason. Some people have like, um, I believe me and you have like uh, the wiring in our brain and some people have it because of brain damage, which is not necessarily the wiring of the brains because they literally have trauma to the brain. And there's so many reasons and it manifests differently in people. Like for me, um, I get... If I don't get it, like when I'm watching something with really bright lights, I have a photosensitivity. So it's either I'm going to get like a seizure or I'm going to get a migraine. (laughs) Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. uh, And uh, there's like, they're not sure why, but people with epilepsy have higher chance of having migraines. And I'm just going to take it as it's part of the epilepsy because whenever I like, um, like somebody flashes their flashlight in my face, it's like, well, I'm having a seizure in like three seconds or I'm going to have a migraine for the next four hours. So thanks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But people don't understand the, um, like, I guess people who quote unquote look normal and have a disability, like you have also those people who um, attack people who quote unquote look normal but have to have like a disability card in their car and they're like that parking space should be people with disabilities now granted yeah. i don't need one but mine is an invisible disability yeah like i had to get one once for uh, disneyland because it was too hot and like like he uh-huh. can set it off too mm-hmm. and like uh i got one once for disneyland and i remember people like being upset <laughs> yes and it's like listen it's it's like not everything manifests physically. A lot of the stuff is internally. Um, and people don't understand that. And and there I mean, there's so much ignorance, but yeah. yeah. I know I know you you understand what I'm going through. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm uh I'm working on the script that is uh um okay, I I remember I watched The Wolfman very recently, and there mm-hmm. are parts of the movie The Wolfman, like the old black and white one. Where, where mm-hmm. it's like it's about like healthcare. Mm-hmm. Because, oh my like, god! Don't even get me on healthcare. Because he's like, <laughs> like I've he's had like, a year with healthcare. Because he's like turning into much. like this wolf, and like there are ways to stop it, and but he's like too poor. 
like it's very very it's very very and he mm-hmm. has to go to like this fortune teller and stuff and then there's like there, he's like asked for help and they're like hey i can't help you and so it's kind of about healthcare, and, I, and so I, I have this script that's like like i'm just outlining it right now but it's essentially um a werewolf movie set in a in in modern day la and then he uh, he's becoming homeless and losing his healthcare, and he gets he gets he gets bit and it's sort of this this metaphor between becoming homeless and like sort of turning and like healthcare and stuff and uh and like the the the, his first transformation is after a a seizure so he's like seizing when he's doing it that the american healthcare system has scared me more than anything else i see shadow people you guys i'm scared of the american healthcare system (laughs) not of the shadow people um because it is terrifying. I've had such a year with this healthcare system. And I have good healthcare, by the way. My husband's a federal employee. We have good healthcare. It's still ass. It's still ass. That's and um, it's so hard to get like, um, oh my God, that, like not medically gaslit. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm, especially when you're, you're already dealing with a bunch of stuff, you have... Um, people and their ignorant comments or people who just kind of like are like i don't know what to do it's like if you don't can you please point me to somebody who's either researching this stuff and can use me as a test dummy so i could get some kind of health care or can you point me to people who do know this stuff that you don't know but that's we, hard we should, too and that's a whole other i have horror stuff to send you <laughs> oh i mm, Okay, I don't. I don't think Christina's gonna keep this in here. So I don't know. It's up to it's up to Christina if you want to like what's it called. But I had an infection for one, two since December, and I've had like three rounds of antibiotics and three rounds. Okay, so I might go in for a fourth because I have to go see a specialist, and the doctors just tell you I don't know. And then you find I found a group on on Facebook that's been held that that is like 32,000 women, 32,000 women who are dealing with the same thing I am. Who have not gotten help, some of them for 15 years. This is the medical American, not even the American, because there's people from around the world, the UK, Ireland in that group, the modern day healthcare system is failing so many people. And there's thousands of women looking for help and these quote-unquote specialists in, in, in not just woman health, but like health in general, just throw up their hands and say, I don't know. Let's just give you antibiotics for two years. Heavy dose for two years. Like it's so wild and it's so many horror stories like that. I am sick and tired, especially... It, People with disabilities and with chronic illnesses know there comes a point in time when sometimes you're like, is it worth even going to the doctor? Yeah. But yes. Um, is there anything you want to add? Uh, we do really need to keep in touch though. I'm going to tell Christina. I'm going to be like, hey. <laughs> uh, we need no. To touch. No, that's, that's, okay. that's good for that one. Um, do you have any anywhere like our listeners can follow you or you know the we will be including the um kickstarter link but is there any sure um well you can follow me on a uh, macabre martinez 
on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you could follow the Latusa Instagram at latusafilm.com or Lat- at mm-hmm. latusafilm on Instagram. Uh, the Kickstarter is there, uh, but if, uh, it should be somewhere. Uh, but if, if you mm-hmm. just want to like listen, it's you could just type in latusafilm.com. Okay. I am so excited and I, I'm going to manifest this into existence. It's going to happen. You're yeah. going to make it. We're going to manifest it. You're here. You heard it here first. Okay. Um, and I just followed you. <laughs> so hey. uh, thank you for listening this far. Um, and thank you, Miguel, for, for uh, joining us and being our guest today. Um, again, apologies on behalf of Christina. She really, you sh- and, you know, everybody send some love to Christina because she's, <laughs> she's going through it. I'm going to check up on her after this. Um, and we love her and we hope she's she's had a less stressful day. Um, but yeah, hopefully thank I can you, be everybody. back some other time and we'll, we'll all yes. three of us will talk. Yes, because um, I was like so excited for all three of us because Christina had so much, much other stuff. Um, she's a lot more articulate than I am. She's amazing. But um, unfortunately, she wasn't she couldn't be here. And we need to do this again because she she's amazing and she probably would have bombarded you with like a million more like questions unlike <laughs> me i like you know you, you asked me do you have a question i'm like what everything goes blank um <laughs> i get i get stage fright still um so uh thank you everybody for listening and don't forget to if you have a story please submit it and we'll catch you next time bye bye thank you so much to the spooky supporting us on patreon your support means the world to us. And if you want to join the Patreon and get bonus episodes, monthly goodies in the mail, and more, go over to patreon.com slash Tales. Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, produced and edited by Christina, and is a proud member of the Cultivate Network. For more podcasts on the network, check out cultivatepodcastnetwork.com. Don't forget to check out our Spooky merch. We have Spooky shirts. We have no mammoth shirts and we have a cool hat that i just added it's like a baseball hat not like a hat hat um we also have a beanie in there and they just say a spooky on there but i'm a big fan of the hat it says a spooky in old english letters and i love it i wear it every day not because i want to go around repping the podcast but it's comfy it's a great hat you can go to spookytales.com store i'm always adding new designs But don't even worry if you cannot support us monetarily because the most important support is what you're already doing, giving us a listen. If you listen and you love what we do, feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share this with your spooky friends. Spooky season is upon us, so this is our time of year. Stay as spooky!